0: Hello, everybody uh, in Kiora. So in today's session, we will talk um, about the use of various business tools, business intelligence tools um, in road asset management. So we have more than 300 people registered for today's session. Welcome to you all, and thanks for joining us. My name is Ekaterina, I'm the senior communications officer at Austroads, and I will be moderating today's session together with Chin Don Lee, asset management modeling and analytics manager from Main Roads Western Australia. Chin Don will moderate the Q&A part of the webinar. First of all, I would like to acknowledge the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the custodians of the land from which we are broadcasting today. I pay my respect for eldest past, present and emerging. I also acknowledge the Treaty of Waitani and Maori as the regional people of New Zealand. A little bit about Austroads. Uh, we are the collective of Australasian transport and traffic agencies and our focus is to support our member organizations to deliver an improved road transport network. This webinar was brought to you by the Transport Infrastructure Program which is managed by Ross Gapi. So a bit of housekeeping. Um, Our presenters will speak for about an hour. And after that, we will have some time to answer your questions. The slides uh, can be downloaded from the handout section of your sidebar, which you will find on the right hand side of your screen. To send us your questions, please uh, use the question icon on your sidebar. Um, If you have any technical problems, um, let us know. But a quick tip, if you lose sound or your picture freezes, the issue is most likely with your internet connection. So closing your browser and rejoining the session using your uh, email registration link usually helps. This session has been recorded and we will let you know when the recording is available on our website. If you listen to podcasts, you can find our shows in your podcast app. Um, So, it gives me great pleasure to introduce our presenters for today. Uh, We will first hear from Nora Weatherby, um, Nora is the Manager Asset Management Systems uh, within the Transport Asset Management Unit of the Queensland Department of Transport and Main Roads. Um, So, Nora has worked um, at the department for 20 years, focusing on the provision of asset management solutions. Our second presenter is David Deacon. David is the manager um, of the data and analytics unit at the Tasmanian Department of State Growth um, Asset Management Branch. David's experience uh, spans health analytics and uh, system design, uh, computer software development, training and assessment. Our third guest is uh, Sean Shantar. Shan is a data uh, interaction designer from Jacobs, having been seconded at Main Roads Western Australia for over three years. Sean's focus um, has been on data consumers' user experience. And our fourth presenter is Nicholas Archer. Nicholas is a civil engineer um, with a background in road design and project management, and currently uh, working at Main Roads Western Australia um, in the central and northern Regions Directorate as um, Acting Road Asset Analytics Specialist. So welcome to all our presenters um, and I will now hand over to Nora.
1: Thanks so much for inviting me to share what we've been doing with Business Intelligent Tools and Transport Main Roads to improve asset management outcomes for the department. Rather than focusing on the analytics tools themselves, I'm going to be presenting what we've been um, producing with the tools. So TMR have a one and a half minute video that, we, um, that shows the breadth and depth of the department services. Uh, when we did the trial, however, there were issues with the sound. So I've asked Ekaterina to include a link um, to the video as part of the post webinar materials that get distributed. So TMR's vision is creating a single integrated transport network accessible to everyone. We have a large asset management challenge with over 33,000 kilometres of state controlled road network, over 3,000 bridges, nearly 5,000 major culverts and a rapidly expanding ITS&E asset base. Our unit in the department leads the investment planning for um, maintaining, preserving and operating the state controlled road network. We provide leadership in the development of asset management capability across the infrastructure assets. And we also provide the systems processes and data services to enable asset management activities across TMR. So we collect an enormous amount of information each year. We have our road location and pavement inventory data, inclusive of administrative boundaries and terrain. We have our pavement condition data, including 31,000 kilometres of roughness, rutting, texture, cracking, geometry, and rate imagery on our sealed network. We have 7,000 kilometres of data, our condition data, on our unsealed network. We collect 15,000 kilometres of pavement strength data a year around 8,000 kilometres of skid resistance data and 27,000 kilometres of retro reflectivity data. We also collect and manage operations data such as way in motion, traffic counts and crashes, alongside structures data, um, including bridges, culverts, large traffic management signs. And we have an enormous amount of routine maintenance data that we have on all these assets. So this feeds a plethora of our asset management systems and the reason we do all of this is for um, state and federal reporting, for delivery, including investment planning, um, management and decision making around what projects are undertaken when and where on our network, for research and asset management to improve our and innovate our practices, and for impact assessment legislation and right to information. So we have a lot of data. Um, And within TMR, we have adopted over the last two to three years, a technology agnostic approach that takes our existing data and feeds um, it into what we call our transport data exchange, which is a cloud-based solution, where we have both structured and unstructured data. We then develop data pipelines to feed into a variety of presentation tools, including real-time dashboards, um, ad hoc reporting, and also for self-service analytics and reporting. So most significantly, um, the approach that we've been um, undertaking is is a digital mindset where digital is around applying the culture, processes, business models and technology of the internet era to respond to people's raised expectations. So we've adopted the digital mindset of experimentation, learning and improving with the customer at the core of the decisions we make. So rather than a big IT project to scale everything, We've chosen um, to to concentrate on small things that benefit on a small scale and prototype, and we're aiming to upskill our internal staff with guidance from experts, and we're doing it with a learn it, do it, and share your knowledge approach for both our successes and our failures, noting that we do follow due ICT governance for our projects. So I'm going to quickly run through several of the dashboards that we've developed over the last couple of years. Then I will focus on three use cases and demonstrate the breadth of the work we've undertaken. So we've developed the State of the Asset Dashboard to provide the current status and yearly trend information across assets such as our pavement structures, um, road operations, um, maritime, as well as other um, batter slopes, active transport, stock grids, as well as having safety information we've had the Queensland Road System Performance Dashboard and this provides users with the funding allocations over four years by funding source, financial year and investment programs, and it highlights major changes to allocations and dissects this in multiple ways to districts. So the surfacing treatments dashboard um, looks at surfacing treatments of pavement rehabilitation. It displays the inventory, the treatment unit rates, the needs, the budget, the performance, as well as the associated performance bands. And it also displays milestones versus performance over many years and provides the statewide aspirational needs along with the backlog history. Uh, we have an unsealed roads dashboard that includes the actual resheeting unit rates over three years, the needs and funding allocations. It includes age and pavement depth and traffic volume information. We have a batter slopes dashboard which provides us with the status of the number of slopes that are assessed or not um, and we've got a chart and map of the slopes based on the assessed risk level categories and a progress map that provides information on the inspections that have been completed. We have a grids dashboard which provides users with the cost of grids inspection by district over time, the estimated needs by the district, the grid and abutment conditions, and it provides tables, performance charts and maps. Um, One of our significant uh, dashboards is the Road Asset Valuation Dashboard, and this provides insights into the road valuation stereotypes by length and the replacement costs. Um, and that's displayed as charts. It displays the road stereotypes as a map and it also provides the WBS schedules and the percentage WBS movement from one year to the next. The pavement condition um, progress dashboard provides updates so that our districts are aware of what data such as roughness, rutting, et cetera has been collected or not in their districts over the course of a year. Um, We have a pavement condition data quality dashboard and this enables us to receive the raw pavement condition collection data from our provider and we validate the roughness running texture and seal age against the previous year's collection prior to loading it into our corporate pavement condition system. We also have a pavement layers dashboard um, that provides layer depth information by road section, carriageway and lanes and it's been configured to be deliverable to both desktop and tablet devices. So, I um, will quickly go through three use cases. The first is around management reporting, and I'll showcase the state of the asset dashboard. The second is around uh, operational in field decision making, and I'll do this with the pavement layer dashboard. And the final one is about how we've been optimising our existing road imagery data by using machine learning to identify signs. So The State of the Asset Dashboard utilises over 850 million pieces of data to provide data visualisations that serve high level reporting needs and it also enables the district and regional engineers and investment planners to drill down and interrogate specific data sets in detail. The dashboard requires input from many different asset management areas across the department with many different systems used. So the data pipeline involves processing spreadsheets into Tableau Prep then into Tableau desktop and we then publish it into TMR's Tableau server so that anyone with a TMR email account is authenticated to access the dashboard. So the dashboard itself provides summary and detailed asset performance information on key assets if this includes pavement structures, road operations, maritime cycling grids, batter slopes and even some road stati- safety statistics that can all be accessed through the dashboard. Just doing a quick deep dive um, just in the pavement performance. This enables us um, to examine ride quality performance, although we could choose other attributes such as uh, sea life rutting or crocodile cracking or pavement strength. There are a broad range of filters um, such as the financial year, the owner, the district, um, people can drill down to road section or road category as well as traffic bands. They can also um, filter by surface type or pavement type using the icons and they can also choose to filter by performance um, and they can also switch between a graphic or a um, table and there's also the ability for the user to download the filtered raw data. So the approach for the State of the Asset Dashboard has been focused on customers first and who's using the dashboard. We regularly survey the customers on how it's working and what improvements would assist them. As part of our digital capability, instead of written documentation, we're moving to short, focused instructional videos to assist people in using the dashboard. We also have an internal annual document that we, we produce called the State of the Asset Report, which is around 260 pages. The visuals um, that are captured there are directly captured from the State of the Asset dashboard, so there's clear alignment between the internal reporting and the dashboard, providing consistency across the department. So the next use case is the pavement layer dashboard. A couple of years ago um, our existing presentation and reporting tools were desktop heavy requiring inspectors to go into the office and use tools to access the data then either print them onto paper or download them onto a a laptop. When they got onto site which could be 300 kilometres from the office they may see that the poor quality road section was actually 500 metres down the road than what they were actually anticipating. So this means the printed data they had was incorrect. So the aim of the dashboard was to deliver pavement layer information to the iPad or tablet device and with coverage of the entire state controlled road network. So this was the old process um, and we um, used the lean methodology across two 30-minute workshops with around about 10 site inspectors and engineers Um, And within three months, um, we had a prototype that was actively being used um, by inspectors in field. Um, So the pavement layer dashboard itself, it uses Matillion to create a cloud-based data pipeline from our existing legacy solution. That goes into Snowflake and that then automatically updates the information daily into Tableau server. It displays carriageway and lane information, um, chainage from start to end, along the bottom there. It provides uh, numerous filtering options. And by choosing a particular layer with their um, pen or or mouse, the inspector can get the metadata behind the layer, including the layer type, the layer date and layer thickness. We've added um, a mapping layer as well, um, so that it's easy for people to see context. And we've also integrated it with um, aerial imagery. This this particular display uh, includes structures information such as culverts, grids and bridges. And users can select specific structures for additional details such as structure ID and name of the structure. And they could also zoom on the map to the specific bridge location. So the addition of structures was requested for the case of bridge strikes, so that a road inspector could put the structure ID into the incident ticket, so that it could be processed and responded to quickly. So another um, uh, thing that we have enabled within the pavement layer dashboard is the lane layout information. So this is an intersection on the Bruce Highway. Due to the complexity of our coding, it's difficult sometimes for people to understand which roads, lanes and ramps are which. So we've enabled a carriageway and lane layout, such as the figure in green and yellow at the bottom of the screen. It is interactive so the user can select a ramp and it will automatically select the lane layout. Um, as well as the pavement layer information corresponding to that ramp. So in terms of outcomes, we also monitor the usage of the dashboard and on which devices. Uh, The feedback has been very positive in terms of time and resource savings and better decision making. So the last use case before I wrap up is the object recognition from our existing road imagery data. We have over 20 years of road imagery and annually collect 26 million images across 7 million locations. We undertook an exercise um, using business as usual staff and developed our own machine learning algorithms to identify speed signs, green traffic signs um, from our road imagery. We currently use Python as a programming language, PyTorch as the machine learning library, YOLO5 for object detection, Deep sort for object tracking, and ResNet 34 is the image classification system. So um, we have just in the last two weeks published an internal dashboard that has over two years worth of speed signs based on the object recognition, and users can easily see what signs have changed over this time. As it's on Tableau server, it can be used on desktop or tablet devices, so it can be used in field by inspectors for identification of missing signs. So, I know I've covered a lot of material using the data we collect and how we're leveraging new technologies, and we briefly touched on the digital mindsets we've been adopting to enable us to deliver better value to our customers. Thanks for your time. I'll be available for questions towards the end of the webinar, and we will now transition to our next presenter, David Deacon.
2: Hi, everyone. Hello and kia ora to you Kiwi folk. I'm going to give us a little bit of a demo walking through the work that's underway at State Roads in Tasmania. A Little bit about the opportunities that we see in centralising road asset and maintenance data. Some of the challenges, obviously, that we're going to face uh, and the opportunities that we see coming through. So I've broken it down into four. I think the best thing to start with is a little bit about our broader strategy and history so you can get an understanding of where we've come from. Uh, then I'll two and three are really a bit of techie on a page a diagram about our centralizing of the system so a little bit about that and then our business intelligence model and the final part it's not really a demo but I've got a few screens on Uh, screenshots about our asset business intelligence tool, and we'll talk a little bit about how that's working for us now. So I don't think this is really a problem statement that um, nobody's run into, Uh, and in my previous role up until, just to add a little bit of context to that, up until uh, Christmas, I was 12 years in the Tasmanian Health Service, and um, six of those years as the Clinical and Financial Analytics Manager and this was not uncommon. So it's across a lot of areas. Uh, We've got disconnected systems. Um, Our transparency, but being able to allow um, executives and managers and different people to see the information is um, not very good. Uh, And we have a siloed key person dependency, and that's across most areas. And an example of that would be somebody's um, been here for 40 years and then they've retired and you find out further down the track that they've probably had some of their own ways of doing things and we have to uh, work through that. So we're on a journey to to remove that key person dependency and improve our connections, uh, making sure that everyone can get access to it. So how did, So how So what does that look like as a history So working back, so looking at what's been done over the last nine years, and I mean clearly there's been some major attempts to improve our system. Um, And in that, there's been uh, a reasonable amount of work and we want to leverage off that work. We want to take all of those iterations and bring it together and use that information. So we're not trying to reinvent the wheel, we're just wanting to improve it moving forward into 2022 and 26 is to really improve the data quality Uh, the standards had degraded over time and we want to make sure that's um, improved and of course for me there needs to be a staff satisfaction for that it's not just all about the tool and making it available so people can enter information we want people to come to work and enjoy what they're doing and then, you know, deliver a, a really good outcome. So I suppose the key message um, moving forward would be that uh, for our area, we want to be a proactive answering questions rather than reactive. And out of this, once I started moving myself through this to understand where we were sitting at this uh, right now, it helped me to deliver our roadmap for the next five years. And what that looks like is, if you look to the left hand side um, we're in that quadrant of connecting and building trust so you you could look back at the last nine years and it can be frustrating for staff to to move forward when things don't connect and come together so and we want to break down the silos and improve capability um, internally so we've got the capable staff to help delivering some of this new technology Uh, and standardization is important underpinning all that We've got a data management framework that's feeding up into where the organisation will be going forward into their data management framework. Uh, we want 24/25. We want what everyone else wants, and what Nora was showing before is just you know that's something to aspire to. We want a central access point where uh, people can connect and get their information, and that's the that's the journey we're on now. Uh, 2026 obviously we want to be fully connected so it's, it's everyone understands that this is not something you can you can deliver or fix overnight so what does that look like as a system and here we enter my tech on a page so if we look to the left hand side of the screen how current models our rims road tables is a linear model works on Lincoln chainage there is some small amount of spatial capability but it's very small and during that period of that nine years the the amos was born and that is a spatial model it didn't fully realize but the organization was on the same path on the right path that particular area also says there's a lot of manual work a lot of a lot of um, broken processes staff are having to do things that you know copy and paste into systems so we're moving away from that and our future model the RADIUS which is Road Assets Data Intelligence Unified System is a whole of system process not just a tool so we're on the journey we've got um, to work through our new business processes our workflows um, connecting staff and different areas within the unit in order to put the data into the system and make it a quality data set. So a whole of system process. And one other part off to the bottom there is our completed work form, which I can say is, was developed in 1999. Uh, it's an Excel workbook and it needs to be brought up to today's um, or next generation technology. So there's a body of work involved in that as well. The third quadrant is our maintenance and asset data data mart. This is the one that this is something that I got off the ground first, and that was a big pain point for the maintenance team. So I've actually got that up and running, and that'll be a little bit of the information I'll talk about at the end, but I'll break that out further into the next slide and what that means. Um, and that's where we'll do a lot of our analytics and reporting and I could also probably add in there that we'll be doing some work with Ostroads around and making sure that our standards meet an AustRoads standard as well and then at Horizon 2 which is really about um, connecting other systems in so that we can see their information and make decisions on that or effective decisions and when I talk about authoritative I'm not saying that the Bridges team wouldn't have their own system, but we want to access it and be able to uh, provide information from it. So that's our overarching model that we're and, and and we're doing that now. So we've just started this program of work in October. Looking at our um, business intelligence tool, and straight away. The information that we get in from the uh, maintenance contractors on the road comes through a system called Reflect and some of you may or may not know that about that system. Um, Prior to the setup that we have here now, uh, everyone had to go to the Reflect data system to pull their reports. We've set up a central data storage. We're now connected to that with our, what we're calling asset business intelligence tool. and we're already seeing the benefits. We're already seeing a reduction um, in work, improved efficiencies. Our governance is a lot better because we're able to set the standard on how we want to deliver that information. And moving forward, um, it will assist us in providing um, electronic reporting. So some people may want to come into the dashboard and look through and tactically come up with a decision and others need out of that dashboard something statistical so they can present it at a meeting and we'll be working through to deliver that and going uh, to the future. So moving on from that, I'm just going to provide you with a couple of slides on what the tool looks like and then give you a bit of a uh, real life scenario prior to wrapping up. So, our asset business intelligence tool was based off the defects uh, for maintenance. We spent around about three months in different workshops uh, working with uh, network supervisors, uh, inspectors, um, managers to work out exactly what sort of key elements they wanted to see um, every day. Now, this board, I suppose, could uh, refresh every hour it could be a near real time but at the moment we're running it on a daily feed which starts at around 6am in the morning and you can see that we've got some key indicators at the top and a mapping structure and it's very interactive and I think we all understand how these um, how these boards work so we're trying to also as Nora will say be agnostic and provide information through what medium suits at the time or at, at that area Um, And one of the scenarios that I wanted to just walk through before I wrap up is is one of the managers was approached recently for a request of information about roadkill on our network, which is a hot topic. Um, And I was listening to that, and what we've started developing are specific screens for what we're calling answers in an instant. And this is uh, the roadkill uh, screen so the request came through uh, to the maintenance manager and um, they wanted to know how many roadkill in, in the Tarkine which is on the west coast here of Tasmania and especially Temmer Road and what were the species of those roadkill um, so it, our roads manager would turn around and say well you need to ask Tom but Tom's not there so this is so okay if tom's not there ask steve but steve's not there so what would nor what should be really a five minute job once everything's set up could have spanned out for an hour several hours or a day so the return so so being able to answer that information in a timely manner is really important i think we all know that so um, we've created this board and within five minutes now someone can come in and click on a link and answer their roadkill tar, on Temer Road and review that based on what type of species. So it's very quickly, it's answering the questions, it's now proactive rather than reactive uh, and we'll be able to build on this going forward to include other areas, potholes, And I think I can just got one last one. And there's our potholes dashboard. So we're going to build out onto this into something that will cover road assets, maintenance and so on. And that's the end of my presentation. I really thank you for giving me the opportunity to um, deliver that. And I'll hand over to the next presenter, which is Sean. Thanks very much, everyone.
3: Hi everyone. Um hopefully this is showing the right screen. So as it says I'm talking about an app called Paphilytics. So what Pavilitz is, is
4: it's a Power BI app that allows you to see the parameters, the condition, the inventory of your road network. Um Within a Power BI app that is user friendly and accessible. So, of course, it's based on Main Roads Western Australia data, but the format that is taken is similar enough to be transported into different parameters, different conditions,
3: um, similar levels of asset management for linear assets that have. A nature of this sort. So, why do we need this app? So, field inspections, going out into the field, checking out the actual road condition, or even if not
4: condition, what's there, how are things going? It's difficult. You've got to stop traffic and it's costly. Costly not just in the sense of um, monetary cost, but also in terms of how much time it takes to do it um administration legal um and reputation with the public closing down the network regularly is not something that looks good now the middle one actually I'll turn on my pointer here um yeah so this middle one the data sources are related but separated by that I mean the things that people wanna be looking at at the same time, but, or they wanna be getting access to that information at the same time, but they're in different areas, other than different databases, different files. Uh, So it's not as informative as it could be. This is a issue that a lot of people have. Actually, this is probably the fundamental reason why dashboards exist, Um, information accessibility. People want. People know this data exists. We collect a lot of data. The data is valuable. People want it. It's just hard to get to, and not in the way that people want to see. It. Um, I could keep going on information accessibility, but I'll. I think. I think people understand.
3: So, justifying the funding needs. To do that, you, rather than just
4: say which areas are bad, which areas are good, um, what type of work is needed, it presents a much more powerful, persuasive, uh,
3: and really transportable in the sense that it's compact mechanism to communicate
4: how things are going, why why an area needs to be serviced, rather than it just being a um take my word for it sort of approach. So I'll move on to the app now. Yeah so oh yeah sorry um yeah there was an existing app of a similar nature was to deal with the same issues but it didn't meet the metro regions requirements. Metro has a few extra parameters they needed to take care of and um they had the advantage of being close by for us to Interact with and engage with in order to
3: um confirm that we're presenting the data the right way, that it's being used. And
4: of course, with the traffic being higher in the Metro region, field inspections are more difficult and costly. So, yes, to solve this, we uh, as I alluded to, we made stakeholder and user interviews. Interviews Um, focus groups, whatever you want to call it. We determined what the audience is, what requirements they had and set priorities on what sort of features are more important um, and how it would be used. Then based on that, we created some, by we I mean myself, but um, maybe this isn't a good time. Maybe I should have done this earlier. I should have had a slide for this, but I'd like to give a shout out to Kelly Keeble from the Metro region for being the product representative from the Metro region, the users, um, and Chloe Ipp, a graduate who's in her last rotation now, who served as the project manager for this project. Yeah, so with that group, we created some, I created some wireframes, presented it, um, that's sort of how it should look and feel, based on that, went through a few iterations and, we landed on a, a nice little product. What else we did is we replaced what was uh, the, the previous method of aggregating the data together was to use an Excel macro that was developed in house called merge. Um, it created a very large flat file. So rather than that, I've created this package called PyRoads, this Python package. And what it does is, well, it does a number of things, but for this, particular app, um, it stretched it out into uniquely identifiable points um, and then within that could export it to CSVs and create a relational database within Power BI. That could then be transported, well it's not there yet, but when, when the infrastructure is around, it can be transported into a cloud platform. So yeah, from there, created the app looks like this we've got on the left hand side the sort of administrative information um, just a little blurb uh, who the owners are where it's up to and when it came out where the data uh, what the data is and when the data is from and just a support email these are different pages you've got surface for surface condition pavement pavement condition and inventory yeah these are mostly self-explanatory. The Explorer is allows you to subset the network based on filters of your choice and it spits out um, oh yeah I'll show you that later actually and MIS newly added to this app is the maintenance um, reporting tool reporting database. the architecture information architecture that I talk. So on the left hand side we've got the legend. So the legend obviously tells you normal legend stuff like what the colours mean, but it also has a secondary function of sort of giving you a very quick view of what data is actually there. So it's only going to show you um, the legend, the the colours for the areas that I selected. For instance if you've if the surface age is like yeah so there will be a colour for surface ages above 20 but if that's not when the data set it's not going to show up in the legend so you can know firsthand that within that area that I've selected there's nothing of that age. Top and right hand well top and bottom of the visuals you've got the SLK the um, what some organizations called, call chainage—that's the linear reference point. and that lines up with all of the visuals. Uh, just above it, you've got this mini visual that tells you where the intersections are, um, bridges, other sort of things like that. Down the bottom, we've got the the dock. That's how you switch between different pages. Bar style—I'll show you what that is later—and um, the asset section—that's where you select which road, what lane, stuff like that. This is what it ends up looking like. So we've got the colors, it's just one-dimensional.
3: Um, yep, location. Yeah, everything I said really. So the information goes into two groups. The first group is
4: really what yeah, what what sort of information this data is about, and the subgroup is what actually is the data. So what category is it? Um, the colors represent either the level or the category. So, traffic lights, uh, traffic light colors, I mean, red, bad, green, good. But then you've also got things like this was the surface, um, different colors for different surface types. And then here, this is more like a scale green being newer, and dark blue is both main roads colors, by the way, main roads WA colors. Um, yeah, dark blue being older. So as I mentioned, the bar style, you can switch to switch between flat and tall view. What it's showing right now is a flat view.
3: But then the tall Toll gives you sort of shape. Um it
4: takes a bit more time to, well not time, but a bit more cognitive effort to understand what's um what it's showing. But if you're really inspecting it, you can sort of start seeing trends and shapes and for for an expert that might be very useful information
3: to deduct what's really happening in that area. Yeah so the Explorer page. Oh the video auto-place but yeah you
4: select those parameters here I seem to be selecting traffic over 60,000 per day and more than 15% heavy vehicles. And then you can see over here, it's showing which roads and what locations it covers. And yep, um, okay, it's fast, but it, you also have the option to export the data um, and then you can do your own analysis in whatever tool, which happens to usually be Excel. Um, so I'll do a brief demo of Well, not really demo,
3: but I'll just show you where are working. So yeah, so here's the app. Um, If
4: I was to redo it, I would change the resolution because Power BI takes up most of the web page with its own user interface. So this could have been a lot wider. But yep, you hover over it. That gives you the feel of the interactivity. Jumping into the surface page now. It's faster when I'm not sharing the screen, but
3: it's even now it's not that bad. Oh, I think this is what I had on the slide actually.
4: But yeah, so it normally loads faster than this. You can see it working. Location information over here. Um, I'll give it a second so I can show you more of the
3: interactive cues. All right, so it's normally a lot faster than this actually. Or maybe I'm just feeling
4: the time. But yeah, so you also get the horror information. Hopefully, this is not to on me. Yeah, you can get the actual number and what the SLK or the chainage is. Um, yeah, so the tooltips also contain other information that might be useful. Something that isn't worth displaying within the visual space, but it's something that might be of use. and down here if you you might have been wondering how you'd remember what the icons are when you hover over them it tells you what they are.
3: Yeah so that's the app in action. Um, I'll leave
4: it there Hopefully I did a good enough job of describing the capabilities of it. It's quite powerful. It's user-friendly. And yeah, there's really no alternative. If you have any questions, drop them in the chat and I'll address them later. I'll pass it over to the next speaker now, which is Nicholas Archer, also from Mainrose,
3: Western Australia. Um, sorry, uh, Nicholas,
0: you are on mute.
5: Thanks. Secretary. Hello, everyone. I'd like to talk about visualizing linear data in Power BI, which is a problem that we commonly face in road asset management. So I'm going to talk about a web service which I created to geocode linear data, and I'll also be talking about custom Power BI visuals that can be used to visualize this data. So just to define the problem, Uh, The type of data that we have very commonly in road asset management looks like this. And I'll ask you not to look at the body of the table, just focus up here at the headings. So we're looking at a particular part of the road network. Um, Say for example, road H006 from SLK 6.41 to um, 4.61 to 4.62. Sometimes SLK, um, which stands for straight-line kilometre, is called chainage. Uh, we tend to call it SLK. Perhaps we want to talk about a particular carriageway, the left carriageway, or uh, and then obviously there's a bunch of data associated with that. Now, Power BI is great for many things, but it doesn't help us out a lot when we have these linear measures, the from and to. Uh, There are not a lot of options to visualise this kind of data really nicely because it's not a single point, it's a a line segment. So what would a solution look like? Uh, A visual really needs to be able to identify a portion of the road network. So we should be able to select road H032, which is our south street. We should be able to say we want to visualise from SLK 9.25 to SLK 9.38. Uh, we want to talk about the left carriageway and maybe we even want to refine our visual to a particular lane in that carriageway so we can use an offset of say 10 metres to represent one of the lanes. And that green one there is how we want to represent our uh, row of data here. Obviously we'll have many more rows of data and each one of them will have an individual segment. So. The conventional way of doing this is using ArcGIS, and that's still very much a legitimate solution to this problem. But it tends not to help us out very much if we want to display our data in Power BI. We kind of get stuck in the ArcGIS ecosystem, and these days that's maybe not such a bad thing because they're getting better and better dashboarding capabilities themselves. But let's stick with the idea that we want to show maps in Power BI. So how can we do that? The approach that I came up with is to embed geometry in the actual data. So here's our original table of data. And basically what we want to do is add an additional column with the geometry in text-based format. Sometimes this is called geocoding. What do I mean by a text-based geometry? Well, there are a couple different formats. Uh, One of them is well-known text. It looks something like this. Uh, There's another one called GeoJSON, which looks something like this. But the important thing is that they encode a geometric feature which can be mapped. It's a little bit thin on my slides, but you can see there's a thin red line here. That's what this text represents. So how do we get that text? Um, I created a custom web service to do this job. And what's nice about a web service is that you can use either Excel or Power BI to send a query to the web service and then it will send the geometry as text back to Excel or Power BI. And then that can be visualized. Uh, the web service itself is a piece of software I created using the Rust programming language and various open source libraries. Uh, but in more understandable terms, a web service is very much the same as a web page. So you can go into your browser, type in a URL to the web service, hit enter, and you get some text back as the response and that's our geometry that we want. The magic happens in the particular URL that you use. So the URL uh, identifies the location of the service and then the second part is called the query and that is what lets us pick out different bits of the road network. In this case, the query is built up of three parts. So we're saying we want road H001 from SLK 1.5 to SLK 2.1. Uh, By default, you'll get both carriageways back and the response will be in GeoJSON format, but there are other parameters that let you change the format to WKT, for instance. You can filter the result to only return the left or single carriageway or the right or single carriageway, and you can add an offset. So the web service will offset the geometry before it returns it to make it easier to visualize things which would otherwise overlap, such as individual lanes. To demonstrate how to use that in Excel, uh, it's just a matter of typing in a formula, as you usually would, and building up that formula uh, with with values from the sheet. When you hit enter, just like it does in the browser, you get a bit of text as the response, which gets populated in that cell. And you can drag that down and get a different piece of geometry for each row in your data set. Uh, Taking a closer look at that formula, it's the web service function and then inside that is the concatenate function which just glues together the bits of the query uh, URL which I showed earlier. Once it's in Excel it can be imported into Power BI and you can see here that there is now a geometry column which contains some multi-line strings and to visualize that you need a special visual. So I'll be talking about two different visuals The icon that I'm showing on the slide here is for a visual called IconMap, which is freely available online. I've linked to it at the end of my presentation. And the way this one works is that you grab your geometry column that you loaded in from Excel, and you drop it into the geometry field well, and you will get a map. So on this slide, I'm demonstrating a custom visual, which is very similar to IconMap. This one I created. I need to get the video to play it's just a very short sequence yep there we go. So you can zoom in pan around click on individual elements and get a little pop-up and the reason I created a custom visual is you might be able to see here the actual road network is shown in addition to the data and crucially it has the SLK uh shown here as these little ticks along the road so we can see that this is Mitchell Freeway at SLK 0.2 over here Uh, and this is ramp number H508 and it goes from zero to uh, 0.1 over here Um, and of course the crucial thing is that the filters work as expected so I don't have a video demonstrating it but if you modify the filters or slices in other parts of your Power BI dashboard uh, it filters the geometry that's being shown your visual accordingly. Just to show another application uh, this is a dashboard I created showing some very old information now it's projects within our metro region which were in development. <clears throat> So this is much better than showing the projects just as a single latitude longitude point. Uh, we can actually see the length like this project over here is really quite long. Uh, some of them are intersections and you can see um, there's a way of getting uh, line strings from two separate roads into one row of data so that that uh, intersection can be represented in the map uh, and that, that can be quite useful. Uh, This is a screenshot of the same data I was showing before. This is actually demonstrating our Metro Region resurfacing program. So the guys in Metro were very pleased with this visual uh, when I gave it to them because it allowed them to see when they had scheduled resurfacing in different lanes on different carriageways. Typically, we want to be scheduling uh, resurfacing works across the full width of a carriageway to minimise traffic management in a given area in a given year uh, and they were able to check that they hadn't, for instance, scheduled all lanes except for one to be resurfaced in a particular year, which is something that they were previously doing using uh, Excel and um, conditional formatting to highlight things. It was quite a complicated uh, process, so this helped them out a bit. This slide is just showing a comparison between the custom visual I created and icon map. So from a distance, they have the same features. The only difference with the one I created is that it has those SLK ticks. So you can zoom in and see where you are on our road network. Um, it's been a while since I first gave this presentation. There's been some updates recently. So our IT branch recently experimented with deploying this web service to our cloud infrastructure. Uh, It was just a a brief test. Uh, There's still quite a bit more work. It's complicated to get anything done in IT. Uh, So we'll see how that goes. But I'm really excited about it because if we do manage to deploy the web service where it's generally available in the cloud, that'd be a big help for our vendors that need to be able to understand our network, they'll be able to utilize this service as well. But also in terms of the Power BI visual, it will let us do something really quite interesting. So I have to admit it's more complicated than I'd like to fetch this text-based geometry and embed it into an Excel document and then bring it into Power BI and then visualize it. What would be really cool is if the custom visual that I created, Talk to the web service directly. So on the left hand side here, I'm showing um, the field wells that I use to input data into my visual currently. And as you can see, it requires that your data has a column which is populated with GeoJSON. Um, but what we could do if the web service was just available to query is have the custom visual directly talk to the web service. So then you could give it a data set, which just has a road number column, an SLK from and an SLK to column uh, and an offset and carriageway column as well, if you want. And then the visual itself could be responsible for uh, fetching the geometry it needs to show that. So that's really quite exciting, but we're we're not there yet. Um, So this slide is just showing some links. I have a link here to the web service It's really tied to the Western Australia road network updates itself using our open data portal. I'm not sure it would be super useful for other agencies other than to perhaps just see how it works. Um, And then I have a link here to the icon map visual, which I'm not affiliated with. Unfortunately, I can't provide the source code for the custom visual that I created, although perhaps I will be able to in the future. not sure we'll, we'll see how we go with that. I, I'd like to be able to share it. Um, right, yeah. So that's the end of my presentation. I'll hand over now to Chen to coordinate
3: question time. Thanks, Nick. Um,
6: first, I would like to invite our presenter to join the floor.
3: David, can you
6: switch on your? Yep, thank you. All
3: right. So
6: I'm generally from Main Road, WA. Uh, today I'm the moderator for the question session. Uh, in your businesses, we often joked that we are data millionaires but uh, information beggars. <laughs> Why is it we call that? Because generally our practitioners found it very difficult to access and to Integrate the data across various systems. Today, our presenters demonstrated how information could be provided to the practitioners at their fingertips, which will significantly improve our capability in data-centric decision making. Seeing is believing. I guess these tools will also improve the way of how we communicate within our organization and with our uh, stakeholders so big thanks to our presenters for sharing their stories uh, we see you receive a few uh, questions so the first one uh, goes to Nora uh, this is a question from Carol from uh, the question is what is the answer management system that's to be used? Is a D-team meant as a management manager
3: or others?
7: Laura, over to you. Thanks. So within TMR, we have many different asset management systems. The core system was built in 1992 and still exists today. Um, It links um, the road referencing system through our bridge routine maintenance, um, crashes, traffic, Um, pavement condition uh, and inventory systems. Um, So we, instead of concentrating on trying to replace the actual core asset management solution, um, we have been concentrating in the last few years of trying to make better use of the data held within the systems. In terms of our pavement management system, we use a bespoke system called uh, Scenario, and for our road asset management contractors with our partners we use details
6: um, so hopefully that will have answered that question thank you nora uh, the next one is from uh, can we get a standard user friendly approach to road asset condition data capture management and the partition all over australia where all those agencies use the same platform. Currently, it appears that all the state's agencies are developing their own system and spend a significant amount of time in development and learning. Can outroads develop or assist this? Is there any plan to facilitate transfer of knowledge or learn from other state's agencies where a system is well developed?
3: uh probably
6: i can start with this uh, question uh, understand that in last austral's Asset task force uh, there's a proposal that australia uh, will start to organize they call it probably um knowledge sharing forum or uh, community of practitioners which is uh, uh, focused on the data visualization and lead by fiona from Tasmania. That's my understanding about the situation.
0: Is there anybody
6: in the panel want to add up? So, so my, my
7: understanding is that um, the OSTRO's um, members have, for the last few years, been working on the OSTRO's harmonization. So, rather than actually looking at it from a systems perspective, we've been focusing on um, trying to make sure that we have consistency of, of, of data um so so that when we are able to report through you know, it's like for like um the, the the issue is asset management is an ecosystem within all our organizations and it integrates with our finance system that works up a safety system so trying to get one system just for asset management might actually break a lot of things in the other in, in the other states and territories so that's my take on it
3: second all right anyone else Okay,
6: uh, let's move on. Uh, I guess probably definitely Astrid will can play a role to share uh, this learning and uh, the, the good practice. Uh, I will probably pass this uh, suggestion to Australia's asset uh, task force. Okay, for the next one is for David. So you talk about uh, how to integrate all the data, your data journey, um, do you have any, like how you deal with the data quality uh, issue? Did you find that the data visualization tools can help uh, the organization improve the
2: data quality? Oh, that's a good question. So we're on a bit of a journey with that. Our data quality at the moment isn't very good, uh, and it is a part of the program of work to address it uh, we need to um, firstly I suppose there's no good in just putting in a new tool and a whole lot of processes if we're just going to drag the same data out of the old tool and use all the old processes so I think it's a combination of all of them together to improve the quality uh, one of the things we're doing um, very shortly is we're going to do a complete sweep of our network and update um, the main furniture assets on the network as a a starting point. So that would go into our uh, new system. And with that, we have a reasonable challenge on how to continue to um, keep that updated in an economic way. Tasmania is a small state, so our budget um, wouldn't allow us to continuously use or how can I put it I suppose sort of like the big players to come down and give us a complete network overview at regular intervals so we're having to look at you know how do we do that on a regular basis um, additionally uh, I think adding in uh, and, and looking at the processes and you know the data is only as good as what people you know, are entering into the system as well and we have identified uh, through our maintenance system, and I, and I can say this was just one of the one of the outcomes of that. When we when we finally delivered the first maintenance board, uh, one of the managers popped up and he said, "You know, this is that this is amazing. It's the first time I've been able to see how poor the data quality is in one area." So, so a bit of work, um, and we're challenged by that uh, and how we're going to improve it. But we've got some programs in place. So that's, that's where we're at at the moment. Hopefully, that answers that.
3: Thank you, uh, David. Uh, the next question is that
6: uh, um, for Xiang, the graphical interpretation in your dashboard looks great. So, what are the most important considerations in your design for the interface?
4: Most important would be the accessibility and accessibilities and how many people can access it and how comfortable they feel knowing what the information is. And to do that, it's not just using something that everyone has access to, which at this point is Power BI for main roads. Um, But within the design, I would say that the easiest way, or the most important way to have lowered the weight of using it was to reduce how different different pages seem from each other. So although at the back end there could be a number of different things happening, uh, the data could have been very different for the user. It needs to look like they're still on the same sort of page. The only things that are changing are the things that they're they're touching. The things that they want to change
3: so no unexpected visuals popping up um no new formatting things like that sucks, yeah. uh, the next question is for uh, nick so think
6: how much data can you display on this kind of visual make uh, when the display is not like a
5: uh, slow or something like that yeah that's a good question because there the, there is a limit uh, to how much Power BI can display in a web map type thing it's not nearly as optimized as uh, Esri based uh, web maps are in practice I've found that if you keep it below about five thousand uh, line string elements uh, then it performs acceptably, but anything over that is is too much. So if you were to attempt to show a line segment every ten meters along the whole metro network, I, I don't think that would that would work. Yep. Thanks. The next
6: one we go to, uh, still go to goes to Nora from Julian Ford. Uh, How is your data shown in the map form? what application are you using and how does it integrate with the rest of the ecosystem you are operating in?
1: Right. Yeah so within the dashboards um, we, you, we, we basically just ingest um, using um, Matillion we go into Snowflake which we have in an AWS environment um, and we just use the regular mapping Component to that, so we, we we use the aerial imagery that's provided um, by AWS.
3: Thank you, Dora. Uh, next one from Martin uh, from New Zealand.
6: For the question is for c- receiving decision making. What data, in addition to the information on the road? Substrate uh, material used, the method used to fix roads, and uh, heavy commercial vehicle load are required. How good is the preventative road maintenance regime? What prediction model are work working best? Can other roads share your learning with New Zealand? Many thanks, uh, uh, Martin. So first, I would say definitely we can share because the student part of uh, also roads. definitely so I guess for this question about um, what information we should present to help the receiving decision making and what are the uh, prediction model work well? if anyone want to take on this
1: um, I'm happy to give it a go for TMR. I am not an engineer. Um, so we we use Scenario and I believe the models used within Scenario are those based on HDM. Um, we, we are, um, in terms of the data that we ingest to support that, we um, have um, hundreds of tables that we use to um, pull into our system but we do the categorisation based on surface and pavement type, um, traffic volume and terrain. Um, So we've got four types of environmental terrain, um, wet, dry, reactive and non-reactive and we we run those against the normal HDM4 modelling. and we do it in either 1k segments because we have 33,000 kilometres of roads Um, but for some districts we do chunk that down and run 100 metres but it's extremely slow to run that sort of model particularly if we're looking at doing the optimisation component of it. Um, So that's what we do within Transport Main Roads. Um, Mentioning again that when we do partner up for the preventative maintenance um, with our um, industry partners for our urban districts, we do use DTIMS as the core model of sharing between it. Um, and we always sense check with our district engineers. So we produce a program that's based on a model and there's a whole process um, around going and meeting with the district engineers to make sure that the maintenance that will be undertaken is ground truthed.
3: Conscious of time, but let's get to the last one,
6: which is we think it is simple. So Ashish, ask: Is I
3: D I U S is the project or local project? I guess this goes to David. Uh,
2: sorry, say that again.
3: Yeah. So is I
6: D I U uh, S is the project or your local project?
2: Uh, thanks no that's a local project uh, over the 11 months since I've been here that was determined as a project to deliver um, over the next five years and we came up with that name uh, and it's the road assets obviously data intelligence um, unified system and I think if you if you look at that and break that down so we're a road assets which is the RA Data intelligence, which is the DI, is what we want to be um, because we aren't at this stage. Um, our analytics unit uh, really is doing a lot of reporting and very little analysis. So that's something we want to change. But we also want to um, look forward into machine learning and AI. So that's really important to, to have that. And the and the unified system is really because we're so disconnected. I wanted to have something that joined us together. Uh, the AustRoads side of it is really about an opportunity to, uh, if we're going to be building this the, the, the new data sets, then it's a really good opportunity to line up with the AustRoads data standards. And then uh, with a body of work that they have underway at the moment from a reporting structure nationally, uh, we would be able to feed into that system more more seamlessly. And uh, I mean, that's part of the you know the sharing of information across uh, the country, and you know, it's very exciting, an exciting time uh, for us. And we're very early in the stages, but that's that's the direction. So, yeah, hopefully that answers that.
3: Thank you, David. Uh, Okay, I guess it's time to wrap up. Uh,
6: Any, I asked the question, we will try to follow up and thanks again to our presenters. Now I hand over to Ekaterina.
0: Thanks very much, everybody. Um, Fantastic presentations. Um, A lot of insights. Uh, Thanks so much for finding time to share it with um, other, um, with our webinar attendees. I just have a couple of slides to finish uh, this session. Um, So we have a few webinars coming up, um, as you can see on the screen. Um, We will cover a variety of subjects and projects, Um, so please um, go to our website, uh, have a look at them, um, and register for any of the sessions that you are interested in. Um, And as usual, after we close out today's session, a questionnaire will pop up on your screen, Uh, Please take a couple of minutes to send us your feedback. Uh, Let us know what you liked or didn't like. It really helps us to shape our future webinar program. Uh, Let us know if you have any suggestions. Um, So, once again, today's session is being recorded, and we will let you know when the link, um, when the recording is available on our website. Uh, Thanks again, everyone. Stay well and safe, um, and enjoy the rest of your day.